Hello, this is Jeff McManus, and welcome to PlanningToGrow.com. Today we've got a real special guest with us from Auburn, Alabama. We have Dr. Gary Kiever, and Dr. Kiever works a lot with, uh, of course, the students and research on campus, and he's also involved with campus landscape. Dr. Kiever got his bachelor's degree at, at Clemson and went on to get his master's and doctoral degree at Cornell University. Dr. Kiever, we are so glad to have you here today. How are you? I'm doing great, Jeff. Looking forward to talking with you. Well, good. You know, as I mentioned in the intro, you've been working a great deal, and, and before we started recording, we were talking about your involvement in landscaping on the campus at Auburn University. Can you give us a little bit of uh, a little bit of update on, or a little bit of detail on what your involvement is? Is uh, Auburn, of course, is a, is a large SEC university and has a beautiful campus, and, and a lot of that goes to to you and your involvement. But tell the folks that are listening how you protect your your role in all this. Well, uh, as a member of the horticulture department, I've taught all of the design courses that are offered. We offer courses in uh, landscape gardening, intermediate and advanced design. And over the years, I've taught all of these courses. Uh, one of the great opportunities that, uh, that I've been able to experience in teaching these courses is having the campus as a learning environment. And our department has had a close working relationship with, with Auburn University Landscape Services that does all of the install and maintenance on campus. Uh, the head of landscape service and I work closely together uh, in reviewing plans drawn by landscape architects. I work closely with the head of landscape services in making design changes or field adjustments, installing these landscapes. And as we all know, landscapes are a permanent uh, part of uh, our environment, but they're 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 a part that's constantly changing. Plants are growing. Light levels change, and it, and it uh, requires changes in the uh, the landscape. And uh, I work with him in redos of certain parts of campus. Uh, and one of the the big aspects about working on campus is that it's a dynamic environment. Auburn University has approximately twenty five thousand undergraduate students, five thousand graduate students, and probably three to four thousand employees. If you'd come here on a football weekend, you'd, you'd see unbelievable people pressures. A crowd of 100,000, 120,000 is not out of the question. And these people tremendously impact campus landscapes. And it's, it's not uncommon for the landscape crews to spend two or three or four days cleaning up after a home game, particularly if it's uh, an SEC rival game. So I work with landscape services. We try to make campus more attractive, we try to address any problems that might arise due to uh, pressures. Construction is a continual issue on campus. You ask about things that are currently taking place on campus. Auburn University is, is experiencing unprecedented growth in its physical facilities. There are several major projects that are nearing completion. Probably the largest West Campus Housing, or is commonly referred to as the Village. The Village is a conglomerate of eight new dorms, and these dorms comprise probably about 20 to 25 acres, and they're going to house 1,650 students. Uh, 
student athlete and the sorority girls. And this is rush week, so there's about a thousand young ladies running around these dorms right now. And this weekend, the remainder of the dorm rooms will be occupied by undergraduate students as uh, they prepare for classes on Monday. Well, let me ask you this, Dr. Kiever. Why does Auburn and other schools invest so much money into landscaping? How does, why would, you know, the, the students aren't necessarily um, going to be sleeping uh, there or, or so forth. So why is landscaping so important part of a, of a campus? I think that the higher administration recognizes the contributions that landscaping makes to the overall learning environment. You create a more attractive environment. You look at climate modification. Um, I, I think that there's a perception of the aesthetic value good landscape design provides to an area. Um, a lot of trees are planted on Auburn University's campus. You being at Ole Miss, you're well aware of the importance of trees. You know, you were an undergraduate here at Auburn and you probably very distinctly remember a class with Dr. Ponder where you might go out and be underneath the canopy of a tree and then you might walk out from that tree and you might experience a 20 degree temperature differential. And I think that this, the, the comfort that landscape provides, particularly the shade from trees and the aesthetic value, are extremely important. And, uh, and our higher administration recognizes the, the benefits of an attractive campus. Do you, look at, do you look at landscaping not only at Auburn, but was your teaching your students as an investment? Uh, I think everyone should look at it that way. Oftentimes when a landscape is first installed, it really doesn't have that finished look to it. You know, these plants are, are recently out of production. The spacing is usually such that it looks like they might be spaced too far apart if they're actually spaced correctly. And with time, these things will grow and they'll fill in and you'll get a more mature look. So I, I think that it's important to realize that a landscape is something that is dynamic, that it's starts out in one phase and that environmental conditions can very likely change during the evolution of that landscape and modifications are needed. If I'm a first-time homeowner, Dr. Kiever, and I've got my home and, and I'm wondering what do I need to do to to sort of spruce up my house? Maybe there's not a whole lot. It's a it's a home that the builder really didn't invest a lot in the landscaping, but I'm starting to get to a point in my life where I, I know that that investment is, is a good investment. What would you recommend to me as a homeowner on what I should start doing, some of the first steps that I should do as a homeowner to start before I even go out and buy any plants? Well, you know, when you talk about landscaping as an investment, I guess, you know, I'll, I'll draw an analogy. Oftentimes, I've read that we as, as homeowners shouldn't necessarily look at our, our home as an investment, but it's actually a home in which we tend to, we want to, we live in and we experience various things while living there. As a, I, I tend to look at a landscape as the same, in, the, in, in somewhat the same light, in the sense that if I was simply looking at my landscape as an investment, 
I would probably try to create something fairly neutral that would appeal to a broad range of the general public, and it would, I would be less concerned about how I was going to use that space and more concerned about how someone interested in my home might use that space. Well, these are some thoughts that I might have if I was anticipating selling the property in the near future. If I intend to stay in this home for an extended period of time, I'd look at how I intended to use the space. Outdoor entertaining, what are the things that I'm interested in doing outdoors? Do I have young children or grandchildren that might use the space? Am I interested in water features? Uh, what is the exposure of the house? Are there heat loads on it? That uh, strategic placement of trees might uh, lessen the heat load. So there are a lot of things that I think one of the most important aspects about landscape design is that one, you have to have some general idea of what you would like that environment to look like and what purposes it should serve. And in doing so, you really need to do an analysis of what you've got and what you're interested in as a homeowner using that space. And, you know, I, I think about in working, and I, I, should, I should probably say that in our, in our design classes, we frequently work with clients in the community. And in these classes, the interaction with clients are set up the way a professional would interact with a client. We, we schedule meetings with them, we go on site, we interview the client, we analyze the site, we, we, get, we learn as much as we can about the client in terms of what their interests are, what they want out of their landscape, and we use this information as a basis for coming up with conceptual designs or proposals that we would then present to go back to our clients and then we would get further feedback. Well, the same thing should occur with for a homeowner that a homeowner should, should do some in-depth thought about what are their favorite colors, uh, how they'll use the space, what times of day they're likely to use the space, what sort of accommodations would be needed to create an environment for entertaining, for relaxation. It might involve things like arranging parking, circulation, movement uh, from parking into the house, uh, even things as kind of uh, mindless as storage of uh, garbage receptacles, uh, vegetable garden. All of these things need to be thought out. And then the pro design process would begin where you begin to organize this information in such a way that you can create an attractive and functional environment. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Gary Kiever uh, from Auburn University. He's joining us today on planningtogrow.com. Dr. Kiever works in the horticultural department. He teaches design, and he also does research, and he works with campus uh, grounds and, and working with designs there on campus as well. Uh, well, so what I hear you saying, Dr. Kiever, is, is there, there are quite a few elements that need, one needs to look at. We, we might even encourage a person to, to sit down with a professional and, and think some of these things through and, and develop a possibly a conceptual plan or a, a master plan, even if some of these things, such as a pool, may not happen for several years, you want to go ahead and put that on the, on the design plan. Is, and that's what I kind of hear you saying. It always helps to have a plan, a roadmap of where you're going. And that's one of the, 
questions that I frequently get from some of the clients that we work with that you know that they have they have a general idea about what they'd like in their landscape, but they have no clue as to how to achieve it. So I, I emphasize the importance of what we do as landscape designers. And we take this inter, this information that we gather from the client and from the site, and based upon our training in the arts and sciences, we apply that information to the information that we have, and we come up with appropriate solutions in the forms of these landscape design proposals. And with this information, the client then has a roadmap to, to either install the landscape in phases or to install it all at once. With this information, the client could, could use it as a document to put out on bid or to solicit uh, estimates from, from one or more vendor. And uh, is it, I just don't think that there's any excuse or any better alternative to having a well-researched plan for developing a landscape. And I, and I think that one of the problems with, with most homeowners that, that go into it without a plan is that they end up with something without an organized structure. That is, it's not a unified design and that one or more things, aspects will be lacking. Good point. Uh, Dr. Kiever, I know that uh, Auburn has a great reputation in the horticultural department. I know for years, and, and it may still even be going, I know it was 20-something plus years that every um, every hort, horticultural student had a, at least one job offer uh, coming out of the department, which is, to me, incredible. Uh, what should students expect when they take your class or, or go through your program? Uh, just kind of give me a, just a, a brief description on on. What it is that I know you deal a lot with design. You do a great job with that. Of course, you taught me, and um, you do a good job with keeping an eye for detail. And I know those things are important. There's a lot of little things in, in design that folks never think about. But uh, if I was a if I was a freshman uh, in college or, or looking to enroll, maybe in horticulture, what what would be some of the things I would be expected to to run into? Well. I mainly go through our undergraduate program, our, our option in landscape horticulture. I think that about the uh, courses that our students would take, you start out by taking broad general courses in biological sciences. Then with this as a background, you would take courses in soils, entomology, pathology, plant propagation. Then you would begin to speak, uh, well, I should, I should mention uh, plant identification and uh, this would be usually multiple courses, so arboriculture, small trees and shrubs, herbaceous plant material. So what you're doing is you're gaining background material in various aspects of horticulture. Now one of the interesting things about landscape design, and it's, it's, it's something that a lot of students have a hard time getting a handle on, is that in most of these other courses, students simply they're, they're, they're presented with the information, the students learn it, they digest it, and they present it back in one form or another uh, at some later point in the, in the term. In landscape design, you take all of this earlier information, this information on soil conditions, plant ID, plant, and within this plant ID classes, you learn about the characteristics of your plants, such as uh, line, form, color, texture, as 
well as their adaptability to various environmental conditions. Well, one of the difficult aspects about landscape design is you've got to take all of this detailed information, okay? You've got to, you've got to have a firm grasp of all of this, but you also have to have an understanding of aesthetic principles, uh, the artful side of horticulture. And this is an aspect that a lot of students, well, many students pick it up fairly quickly, but there are other students that might be very strong in the agricultural biological sciences that have difficulty grasping the aesthetic qualities that are necessary to be a good designer. And in landscape design, in our classes, the student is going to have to be good at all of it. They're going to have to take this information that they've learned in their other classes, and they're going to have to apply it. It's not going to be simply saying, please identify this plant, but it's going to be, you've got a situation here where, where the exposure is afternoon sun, the soil is a, it's a heavy clay, or it might be a sandy soil, and I need a plant with a coarse texture that fits within a given size range, has a given texture that's adaptable for these conditions. And it requires a firm grasp of the details as well as the broader picture about how these different plant choices are going to fit in the overall planting scheme. So it's not an easy task for a lot of students to master, but there is a, a process that we go through in teaching people how to do it. And you asked earlier about homeowners and how they might go about with this process. And it, it becomes difficult. It's, it's not something that you necessarily can condense down into a two or three week program because our students go through typically four years of, of college level uh, courses. And, and granted, all of these courses aren't directly related to landscape design, but many of them provide valuable information leading up to being a good designer. You mentioned uh, that design uh, it takes uh, you know some forethought and some thinking, and then also adding some creativity to it as well, and, and taking in all the mechanical, uh, but then the creativity. If um, if a homeowner is trying to develop a plan and and feels like they need to bring somebody on board, maybe an outside professional, a landscaper, what what would you recommend as far as what a person should look for in a in a landscape? contractor, what are some of the tips that you might just give us that, you know, keeps the person who's gone, you know, maybe somebody who has training versus somebody who has not had training? How how would we know those kind of things if, if we weren't in familiar with the business? Okay. I'm assuming that, or I'm making the assumption that we've already got a landscape design, or do we need to back up from well, there and, and, and look at, we're making contacts with various landscape contractors that may also offer design services. I think you need to talk about that. Just briefly, you know, I, I run into that quite a bit where folks are wondering, they have the ideas on they, what they want, but they don't know what to do with them, and they don't know whether or not to contact a landscape designer or just a local garden center. And, and I guess, you know, I just wanted you to kind of clarify the differences maybe a little bit in, or what folks should be looking for. But there's some gray areas in all of this. Um, I, I think that you first have to look at what the possible scope of what 
you're considering landscaping is. For example, if, if it's simply a foundation planting across the front of your home, then I would say that a garden center, perhaps even someone in the garden center at Lowe's or Home Depot or a local uh, independent garden center could quickly draw up a sketch for you that would be appropriate for a setting like that. If it's something more involved, say the entire front of a home that includes beds and possible areas uh, on the site beyond this, then you may want to look at, at contacting someone with a landscape design training. Now, there are a lot of people that offer some type of design services that may not have formal training in design. This doesn't necessarily mean that they're not capable of offering good design, but it certainly is a better sign, at least from my perspective, when someone's had formal training in design. And in many states, including Alabama, we have a landscape certification exam, landscape design certification exam, that if someone is going to offer landscape design services, they have to pass this exam and be registered. And I think that this is a minimum qualification that someone should have to be in the business of offering landscape design services. Now, for larger scale projects, there's, it's not uncommon for landscape architects to be involved. Here on campus, we work closely with landscape architects who have broader training in areas like uh, um, regional planning. They might have more training in engineering courses, but they're used to dealing with things on a larger scale and Oftentimes, there's engineering aspects that are involved with it that we as horticulturists uh, don't have formal training in. So really, you need to look, have some idea of the, the scope of the work that you're, you're seeking assistance with. I would, you know, in terms of seeking out the right person, I would discuss with them what you're interested in they would, they would probably tell you fairly quickly whether it's something that they do. I can remember years ago, and it may have been, Jeff, when you went through our program, that we used to go over to Atlanta and spend a day, with say, with a company like Gibbs. Right. We did. And, um, they have someone that screens all of, the, all of the calls, all the potential clients, and they, they ask these people about the extent of the work, and oftentimes... A large design firm will, or a contractor might have a minimum size job that they'll, they'll even consider working on, whereas a smaller firm would be willing to work on something much smaller. But when, you, when I'm looking at qualifications, what I think is important is, is one, how you interact with, with uh, how the client interacts with this person. Do they feel comfortable discussing it with them? Do they feel that the designer or the contractor is asking the right questions. I would certainly want to see examples of their work. Uh, if I'm looking at hardscapes, I'd want to go and look at either brick or stone or whatever hardscape material that I might be interested in and see some examples of what they've done in the past. And I think by looking at somebody else's work, you have a very good idea of what you can expect by having them do something for you. I think that's a good point. Uh, I like I liked how you you the different. It's really the size scope of the work is a, a big part of that is what I hear you saying. But and then at the end, 
maybe even checking references and looking at what they've done and talking to other people to, to make sure it's, it's someone you want to work with. I think that's important. And I'll give you an example. A number of years ago, one of our graduates went to work in a nearby city as a landscape designer. And he remarked to me several years later about how hard it was for him to break into the, the market as a landscape designer. And he said that, that gradually, after working on multiple projects, that almost all of his business then became word of mouth. Yes. That he had established such a good rapport with his clients that they then referred others to him and almost all of his business was by referral. And I think that that's what you want to achieve as a contractor or as a landscape designer. And I know that you as a, as a client seeking services would, would put a lot of re regard in something that someone you respected or someone you respected and recommended to you. And I, I think it's just, a, it's just the way that uh, probably all of us would operate, at least to some extent. I agree. That's a good point. But Dr. Kiever, we appreciate you joining us with us here today on planningtogrow.com. Uh, you've been a big help in the design aspect of it. I think we could we could talk for a lot longer, but I know that you're very busy and, and you've got some deadlines with campus and, and folks moving in and, and the things we discussed, there's a lot going on. So thank you so much for joining us today. Jeff, I've certainly enjoyed talking with you this afternoon. If you just, uh, please come back and listen to this podcast. We had Dr. Kiever from Auburn University. He works with the design students there at Auburn. He is a, a great teacher, and we've just had a great, uh, great time visiting with him. And this is Jeff McManus for planningtogrow.com. We look forward to our next podcast. Until then, good day.